Welcome to the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Shank, coming to you from our store in Seymour, Missouri. Each week with my co-host and Missouri Wind's General Manager, David Medeiros, we discuss the latest on renewable energy. Check out our additional educational information on our website at mwands.com. Thank you for downloading this podcast, and please subscribe. Let's talk about lightning and thunder. And what was it, Ricky Bobby? Hey, there's a shake and bake. Shake and bake. <laughs> shake and bake. <laughs> We're going to be lightning and thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lightning, you're thunder. You do all the talking, and I do all the work. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm not even going to comment on that. Okay, let's talk about lightning. Let's talk about grounding. What do we need to do to protect our quite often substantial investments from getting blowed up? <laughs> as he, yes. as, as Bill Murray said in Stripes, he yeah. got blowed up. He got blowed up. <laughs> we don't want to blow things up. So, I mean, unintentionally anyway. So let's talk about... A typical wind turbine, let's talk about a solar, and then let's talk about inside the building. So do we want to put a lightning rod on top of our wind turbine? No. The lightning rod on top, no. We do not want to do that. Uh, for one, it's, it's almost— <laughs> I like the look of disdain that you it, guys missed that. <laughs> it's almost impossible to do because you have to be able to go 360 degrees in a circle with the turbine and not twist your wires, so it would be a little bit hard. But— the thing that's going to be struck there will be the, the actual tower itself. So grounding the tower itself is is probably a good thing to be doing. Uh, so eight-foot ground rod like you would your home, drive it in the ground, and then actually just running. I would tell most people to actually run the, the actual ground wire, like your number four bare copper ground wire, just run it up the tower, you know, most of the way up the tower using like a, a banding clamp to hold it on like a, you know, like you use it for automotive, you know, just a, a compression clamp of something and then ground it off that way. That way if lightning hits the tower, it's going to take the path of least resistance first. So it's going to not to say that it can't go back to your equipment, but it will dispel most of the energy, especially if you have a built tower built like ours, where it's not actually in the ground. It's actually on a concrete. It's, it's attached to a concrete not to say it won't get through there, but it's not as effectively getting through there, and so more electricity would be allowed and, to. And that's the thing we want to make it lines. easier. Right, we want to make it as easy as possible for the electricity to get in the ground and get away. That's one of the things I know we, we had talked about this in something else about even as far as having a a bend in the wire, even even as the power comes down, even yeah. from the wind turbines, you you know you right. can if you don't have a bend, it's even better. So. Right. The more you would not have a, a bend in that, the better. So backing up and saying that, if you've got, you know, like we would, how, how deep is that concrete pad out there? It's about a two-foot two foot depth. About two-foot mm-hmm. cube? About two-foot cube, yeah. I mean, so when you poured that, would you want to put a piece of PVC in there and leave a open space to? Either that or you, or at the same time, you can just, you just could actually put your grounding rod right through the, the wet concrete and drive it in the ground and, and be done with it. Or you can drive it right beside the, you know, it doesn't matter so long, it, it, but it needs to be in the earth. I mean, it needs to be earth grounded, not concrete grounded, earth grounded. So, I mean, there's a reason they don't put, when they're building your home, they don't put the actual concrete rod or the actual ground rod just directly into your concrete. I mean, it's not 
because it is very uh, when you're dealing with lightning, you're dealing with a lot of power. I mean, uh, in some cases, you're letting on enough power to power a, a, a small town for the rest of the year if you could capture that energy, you know. So it can blow out concrete. It can, it can blow things away from it, you know, and so you don't want it to cause crack in your concrete or heat in your concrete or anything of that nature, compromising that. So earth grounding is the best. That's where I would do my tower. Like I said, just run it, you know, just run that copper ground wire right up the tower and and use a uh, actual clamp to hold it on the side. And that way, if lightning does happen to strike your tower, there again, you're trying to disperse it as quickly as possible. I'm not saying that it's going to 100% save it, but it's going to it's going to be better than than letting it all just go directly into the tower and then directly down the line. Okay. How about your solar? Solar, you want to do you want to ground the actual the mount itself, not so much the solar panels, but the mount itself. Okay, like in our in our case, we're using Unirac. A lot of times we're using Unirac and it's and it's put up on a on a roof. It's aluminum. Aluminum's not the best conductor of electricity, and the panel frames are aluminum as well. But if you have that, that will be the simplest, easiest way for that electricity to get out. Is once it hits that solar panel or hits that rack, it's going to look for the simplest path. Versus having to run down all through the electric lines of that that solar panel array and then back into a combiner box and on on in. There again, not to say some of it doesn't get there, but it you have a chance of getting a rid of a lot of that energy before it, you know, instead of taking the full brunt of the right down your lines into your controller or into your. So if you're using something like a tracker, is a ground built into the tracker or? No, you know, you have to ground your trackers as well. If you were to look on uh, our tracker, you'll, you would actually see that there is a grounding unit that we've we actually wrapped wire around the, the, the base of the unit uh, and then up the up the tracker unit, and then we actually have a ground rod, just like I told you, beside the concrete down, driven in the earth, and it's an eight-foot ground rod. An eight-foot is a, is the standard, you know, copper ground rod. And, and try to use copper if you can get it there. Again, it's the best conductor of electricity right now that, that's out there. So that's cost-effective anyway, but just a number four bare ground wire. Okay. And so then, so that's actually got the the panels or the the turbine grounded. What about coming into our actual lines coming in? Are our our typical fuses breakers? We breakers going to be able to? We're going to typically breaker it there again. Lightning is a very very destructive part of nature, and it tries to kill everything it touches. And so, breakers have a Milli, I mean, it's just milliseconds that they take to trip, but sometimes they can't stop all the energy from getting on through. And so we have multiple protections. And first was, of course, grounding the, the panels, uh, or not the panels, but the racking and, and over the tower uh, and or both. And then the next thing we're going to do is put in breakers to try to stop anything that did get in. Uh, if it gets through the breakers at that point, uh, we're going to put in some type of a if we're definitely, especially if we're dealing with midnight controllers or outback, we're going to put in a, it's a arc suppressor. It's a huge arc suppressor that uh, they're relatively cheap. And I say relative, I mean, compared to a controller, they're extremely cheap. You know, controllers, $600. You know, these are going to be, you know, $80, $90, but I can go buy six of them versus one controller if I can save my controller. Yeah. And what they are is you, you look on the side of them and they're clear. And there's a reason that they're clear. It's because if something does hit like lightning, there's a big MOSFET deal 
bank in there on, as you'll see, and it blows. And then that way you can actually see that it that it's blown. I mean, you can actually physically see, hey, there's something that didn't look like that yesterday before the storm, and now it looks bad. And and then all of a sudden your controller's not working. You know, there's nothing coming into your controller. There's no power coming into your controller, and that's what's done it. It's 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 the actual arc suppressor from, and we carry them from midnight, and that's that's the next deal. And that so we're going to have grounding on our tower and our racking for our solar panels. Then we're going to put breakers in line before we get to the controller. And then from that point, we're going to have, we're going to try to use the arc suppressor for our midnight controllers. And, and you can even use them. And we actually put arc suppressors on our, on like our three pals. We actually use an arc suppressor there. And it, there again, it, it's going to typically bust. And then on the other side of the, of the char- charge controller going to the batteries, we will also put another breaker in. So if, if something happens to have got through all those steps first, and burn up the and, and burn, burn up, up the, the controller. controller. We hope that by then we can have slowed it down enough that the the last breaker then can hold it hold it before it gets to the battery bank because that's the that's the number one investment we're trying to protect is our batteries. I mean that really is. It's always our number one investment is our batteries. And then after that fact, if we get through the battery bank, we've got one more protection, and that's to breaker or to fuse between the the inverter or whatever whatever you're consuming power needs to have some type of fuse or breaker there again so it doesn't and it actually helps on the on the other side of it in case something gets struck on the far side on the inverter side maybe you're maybe you're hooked up to the house through your panel and the house itself gets struck and then it starts feeding back through the wiring and then back into the inverter it's going to cause the inverter to die there again the fuse is going. To, it's not just a one-way fuse. It, it knows to right. pop the other way as way. well, and so it would pop before it could get back to the battery. There again, we're trying to protect the batteries at all costs. I mean, we're putting all the protections in. So there's a lot of people that want to skimp, and ah, eh, yeah, I'll just you know, these are pretty cheap insurance policies. If you've ever had a something happen that that you needed insurance and you didn't have it, you'll know exactly what I mean. And you're like oh, that. Twenty dollars could have saved yeah. me two thousand pretty easily. Easily, you know. So well, so do you? You know, we we talk a lot about grounding. So is your is your controller grounded in your house? No, okay. no, you you don't you don't ground the controller. Okay, and for the most part, depending on how your inverter is, you'll need to call us and, and talk about your inverter because we'll have some questions about that. So I'm not going to make a blanket statement here on inverters because it, it, if you were grounding your inverter there's certain ways you have to do it in relative to the actual the gfis to work in your home and things of that nature so if not it's just going to trip all the gfis because it's going to think there's a there's a ground fault it just actually thinks that there's a ground fault happening you know and that's what a gfi is it's a ground fault interrupter i mean it's a yeah so it when it detects there's a there's a ground fault you know through through water or a line being nicked or whatever the case, you know, and it automatically trips and says, nope, I'm not going to do that. Water's being the number one case right. that, that it would do it. How do you handle your batteries when we're, when we're Batteries you never ground. You do not ground your batteries. Grounding your batteries is going to cause all kinds of trouble. Just don't ground your batteries. Okay. Uh, they're, but they're, what about if you're, if they're in some kind of metal case or something still? Nope. Just, uh, the metal case you can ground. It's fine. So long as the metal case is not 
hooked up to the the battery, I mean, to the actual positive and negative of the batteries. If not, you're actually, you take a chance. If something was to get it, for some reason, there was uh, anything to hit the hot on that case, and you have that that thing grounded, it's just going to dispel all the energy directly through the case into into the ground. You know, you're going to actually lose all your power into the ground because energy is always looking to go back. I mean, it's always looking to get in the ground, I mean, as, as quickly as possible. So, you know, and it's always looking to create a loop, I mean, is what, is what you're trying to do. You know, lightning's even trying to create its loop. I mean, it's going from one it's going point. going home. Yeah, it's going from <laughs> one part down to the other, you know. So, And so what you want to do is give it the fastest path back to home. I mean, you want it to get home as quickly as possible. But grounding batteries, no, no, don't, don't ground your batteries. Okay. Anything else we need to consider in grounding? Not so much grounding. No, uh, grounding, fusing, very important, both of them. You need to do both of them. Incredibly cheap insurance policies. Yeah, just insurance policies. I mean, 99% of systems will work without grounding and fusing, and 98 of those wind up having issues. <laughs> well, well you know. and 100 of them will <laughs> blow up. Yeah, so it's, uh, you know... Yeah, and the other two percent never called me and told me it happened. But that's so it's a cheap insurance policy. It's really, uh, you know, it's just it's just a way to to ensure you might not be home when it happens. That you know that that's why I always tell people uh, you might if you're home when it happens, maybe you get to put that fire out that I, that it started. Uh, if you're not home when it happens, you get to come home and redo all this again. Yeah. Plus, rebuild the home. I mean, batteries so, are the least of your yeah of your problems. Uh, so okay. All right. Well, I think that that wraps it up. And uh, Larry, a little shout out to you. I know you helped us with this podcast. Thank you very much. Give Carol a hug. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys back over here in Missouri sometime soon. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. And we'll, we'll look forward to coming back to bring you more podcasts later. Thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast today. If you have a question that you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast, email us at radio at mwands.com. You can follow us on our website, mwands.com, or subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Check out our store at mwands.com and buy some stuff. Buying stuff allows us to continue to produce our educational broadcasts, like our podcasts and YouTube videos. And most importantly, it keeps Lucy's doggy chicken treats coming. Thanks again.